chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3. When you arrived, you can say amen. And we're going to read verses 1 down through verse number 6. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that, it, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Pray with me. Father in heaven, this is the moment that, God, that we have postured ourselves to hear from heaven. Father, I pray against everything that will distract the people of God from listening today. Father, I pray, God, that you would give us a listening heart, a listening ear to discern what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. God, we believe that you, that you are still speaking today. You're God of the living. You're not a God of the dead. You are alive, and you care about our family. You care, God, about our relationships uh, because you are the foundation of them. And so, God, this morning, with great anticipation, with great joy, Father, we are eager to hear. Touch us today. Heal today where healing needs to take place today. Father, we're here to learn. We're here to be better. We're here to grow. We're here to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So right now, God, as we stand on holy ground, we reverence your word and we reverence your presence that is here right now. And all God's people said, amen. You can be seated in our Lord's presence. For those who don't know, we have been in a series entitled All in the Family. Now, in case you're wondering, it is not uh, relevant to the sitcom uh, that used to come on many years ago that, that featured Archer, uh, Archie Bunker. How do you remember that? Uh, so we're not patterning ourselves in this series uh, after that. But we're dealing with issues surrounding the family. And we begin this series... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the marriage, which is the foundation to the family. We talked about the importance of making sure that the marriage is priority. Last week, we had a message for the husbands. We talked about the role of a husband. We actually entitled that message, 
the portrait of a godly husband. And let me hasten to say that today we will be talking about the portrait of a godly wife. Now, let me put some of you wives who are on notice who may have not been here last week. Now, remember, if you haven't heard last week's message, you're only getting half the information. Amen? Because, ladies, you may hear something today that may make you a little bit uncomfortable. But just keep telling yourself, before you want to pull me on the carpet, go back and listen to the message from last week. Amen? Uh, the message from last week is the equalizer because I thought we did a wonderful job of talking with the husbands and their responsibility. And so we challenged the men of God from the word of God on how they are supposed to love, to cherish, to nurture their beautiful wives. Amen. So you can go up online and you can upload that message. If you didn't get it, make sure you listen to it at your leisure. But today I want to talk about the portrait of a godly wife. Wives, it is your turn. It's your turn today to be blessed. Amen. How many of you love the word of God? You love the word of God. How many of you know that God's word is the authority on all issues relating to marriage and life? Now, I say that because some of the things that I will talk about today will go counter to what you hear in our society. I understand that society have a norm. and They have a way in which they believe that marriage ought to work. And we have established throughout this series that marriage was not an idea that was conjured up by men. It was not an idea that came from the brightest minds uh, uh, of, of all the world's history. Marriage originated from God. God is the authority. God is the wisdom and God is the originator of marriage. And I believe that marriage, and has been for a very long time, is under attack. Now, if you're here today and you're saying, well, Pastor, this message don't relate to me because I'm not married. Trust me, nine out of ten of you will be married someday in most cases. And so you will still need to learn and listen up. Amen? Listen very closely because this will help you. I believe Satan is attacking the marriage and he has been doing it from the very beginning. Satan, the Bible says that he comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. And so from the very beginning, from the Garden of Eden, we see Satan who is in the garden tempting Adam and Eve to sin against God and move away from God's plan for family. Now how many know that the more we drift away from God's plan, the more problems we're going to have in our lives? I want you to understand that principle. God is the life. He is the wisdom to everything that we need pertaining to marriage. And, and, and I know that many people today, they want to disregard the Bible. And they want to say, well, you know, the Bible is outdated. You know, and times have changed. I heard one uh, TV personality say, you know, times have changed, you know, and, and, and the Bible needs to change and, and come along with the times. Uh, the problem with that is God will never change. Amen. He's the same today, yesterday and forever. And so I want you to understand something this morning 
that we must be people willing to go back to the word and say, what does God's word has to say about marriage? What does the Bible has to say? I know what the television personalities say. I know what uh, the, the, the talk show hosts, I know what they think, but are there anybody in the house today who want to know what does God say about it? Because understand that if we can capture the essence of what God said, how many know it's going to be better for us? How many know it's going to be better if we truly embrace the word of God? And I said all of that to say, the wives, we're going to have a wonderful discussion today. And I will put you on notice that you will hear some things today that, 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 that may make you a little bit uneasy. And you must realize the reason that is, is because you've been predisposed to some bad stuff. And as I said last week, I want you to divorce yourself from whatever your ideology is for a moment about marriage, about wives in particular, what your role is in relation to your husband. And I want you to look square in the face of the word of God and say, God, I'm open. Speak to me. Everything that I say today, I give you permission. If I don't speak from the word, you have every right to question me at the end of the sermon. And normally, uh, I don't do that too often, but I'm, I'm challenging you because I'm going to preach from the word. Are we ready today? Ladies, are we ready? Men, don't y'all get too happy because you know you got, see the, men are, see the men are thinking we got beat up last week, so now the ladies turn. The men didn't really get beat up, they just got encouraged, amen? Amen. So, how me know that every well-ordered society rests on two supporting pillars? You know what they are? Authority and submission. Every well-ordered society, be it in a business, be it in a marriage, obviously, be it in a church, in order for anything to coexist, there has to be authority, someone who calls the shot, and there has to be submission. Without it, you have what? Chaos. It doesn't work because God has established a certain order. So with that being said, turn with me to Ephesians in your Bible, to Ephesians chapter number five. And, and ladies, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to smile at me the whole time, even if you're not smiling on the inside. Smile and say, I, I just love this. Um, you know, because I need your help this morning. But you're going you're gonna to see that it's going to bless you. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter number five, starting in verse number 22. Now, you remember at the beginning, I said it's very important that we go back to the word of God. So we're going back to the word. If you're, if your wife, if you if you have a husband, for an example, who is not acting right, you know what the remedy is? Go back to the word of God. Husband, if you got a wife who is not acting right, you know what the remedy is? Go back and exalt the word of God in that situation. So let's look at what God's plan is for marriage. Wives, y'all in verse number 22, Ephesians chapter 5. Wives submit to your own husbands. I want to start right there because that's a big one. Wives submit. Let's deal with that word submission for a moment. I did a little bit of work on that because I know that that is not a word that we love hearing today. How many of you love the word submission? I didn't think so. The definition of submission is, watch this, 
to stop trying to fight or resist something, all right? To agree to do or accept something that you have been resisting or opposing. The Greek word for submission is hypotosio, which means, watch this, to capitulate, to defer, and to get up under, to put under, to subdue unto, to be obedient. It means wife to voluntarily submit herself unto her husband. So the Bible says, wives, submit. Stop trying to resist. It's interesting that Paul uses that word submission because submission carries the idea. Watch this, y'all sit with me, say amen. Submission carries the idea that it's something that you don't really want to do. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to wrestle. And uh, that was one of my sports. I did many different things, but I used to wrestle. And how many of you are familiar with wrestling? You know how that works. And usually, uh, you got about, I, I think, like five or six minutes. And I'm telling you, it's five or six hard, hard minutes. And normally, when you, get, you start wrestling, the two people begin to wrestle until one of the persons who are wrestling get the other in some kind of hold, all right? In some kind of hold where, where, where they can't get out. And normally, what happens is they start tapping the mat to say, I submit, I'm done, I'm done, stop, 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 because they've been held, they've been defeated. So submission carries that idea. You see, women, understand something, going back to all the way from the beginning, that your desire, the Bible says, I believe in Genesis chapter 3, that your desire will be to rule over your husband, but your husband will rule over you. That is to say, watch this, that naturally submission is an act of faith. Naturally, you, you don't want to submit. It's natural. It's natural that you want to resist. And that's why Paul says, wives, watch this, he says, submit. Submit, Paul is saying that you have to submit because he knew that there's a part of you that don't want to do it. But in order for God's creative order to be established within the context of the family, how many know we need to follow what God's word says? He says, wives, submit unto your own husbands. <laughs> submit to your own husbands. I like the analogy that he uses there. How many know the pastor is not the priest of your home? Wives. Uh, somebody else's husband is not the priest of your home. Why is it one of the things that you want to know real quick, and the brothers will say amen, one thing that the brothers don't like is, is whenever we try to compare uh, the husband to somebody else, well, well such a sister, such a husband do this. How do we know that's a non-starter? That's a brother say, and the brother said, it's a non-starter. So he says, watch this. He says, watch he says, why well, submit to your own husbands? So for an example, if you're here at church and you're serving and you're doing a wonderful job and I'm coming along, I'm saying, Sister Judy, good job. Sister April, wonderful job. But your husband say, honey, I want you to come home. How many know, don't, don't go back and say, Pastor kept me at church. I'm telling you right now, go home. Go home. Your husband said, what? Go home. Now, I know that this is contrary to what society teaches. But we, how many know we want to stay true to the word? 
Because we know that God's creative order will bless us. And the reason why, there's a reason why marriage is not doing well today as a whole and why, why it has been devalued. It's because Satan don't want us to understand our God-given roles. Now, let me say something else about, about our roles for a second, because I want to make this very, very clear. Our God-given roles does not mean that one is better than the other. Amen? Amen? Men, you are not better than your wife. And I don't have to even convince you of that. You already know that. It's not, an, it's, not, it's not an issue that God is saying one is better than the other. It's just an issue of God saying, this is the way I want it done. And so the wife, then, she responds in faith and say, I'm going to submit. Well, why are you going to submit to your husband? Because God told me to. It's an act of faith. And the lady said amen to that. It is an act of faith. And so you do it not because, well, you know what? He's, you know, uh, you're inferior because you're not inferior. You are a joint heir of the grace of life. And you are precious. You are all that in a bag of chips. I, that's, my, that's, my, that's how I work this thing. But you got to understand this thing. So, so it's, a, it's, it's, it's what the roles, how God defines. God is the one who defined the roles. So God says, this is the way that the marriage works. Why submit to your own husbands? Submit to him. Follow him. And we're going, to, we're going to go a little bit deeper with this. Now, I'm going to tell you what submission is not. Just so that we can put everybody on ease. Because I'm going to set the wives free in a moment. Because I can see that there's some tension in the room. I can feel it. Submission. What it doesn't mean. Here's what it don't mean. Submission does not mean to submit to whatever he says, even though it's wrong and unbiblical. No, you're not to do that. You're to always honor the word of God. Amen? Amen? It does not mean that she is to submit to abuse. How many know, wives, if you're being abused, you need to protect yourself. Do what you need to do. And the, the wife said, Amen. It doesn't mean that a wife doesn't have any input into decision-making and matters regarding the family and the home. I said this before, and it's worth saying again. Men, if you don't listen to your wives, you are stupid. And I don't even apologize for that. Because you don't know it all. And in a lot of cases, she is smarter than you. Just because you're the leader don't mean that you're smarter. You just happen to get here first, Adam. You're the leader because you got here first. That's it. Submission does not mean that the wife cannot pursue a career outside of the home. She cannot tribute. That's not something that submission means. That means she can't do that. What it does mean is that the wife, watch this, she supports her husband's leadership. Even if she don't always agree. By the way, that is what submission is, right? See, just because we agree, that ain't no submission. See, listen, y'all, 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 listen, listen, listen to me. See, if you and I agree on everything, for an example, let's just say, let's just hypothetically say that there's full agreement. That's not really submission. Submission means, in most cases, I don't agree, I don't really like it, but I'm going to go ahead with it because this is what God wants me to do. That's what submission is. Because everybody got a bright idea, right? Everybody is smarter than the next person. Don't you believe you're smarter than most people? Yeah. And your human nature. You believe that. You believe most of the time you're right. That's why husband and wife, you have arguments. 
because you want to argue your point because you believe that you are right. And that's why the Bible, God has set some order. So what it does mean that she supports her husband's leadership, even if she doesn't always agree, she affirms, everybody say affirms, his leadership in the home, and she don't try to compete against him. In other words, she respects him, as the scripture calls her to do. She affirms her, his leadership. One of the things that I love about my own wife, who is working in children's ministry, and she's not here, I can get beat up at work all day long. And, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I go to work, my, my, my other job outside of pastoring, uh, sometimes I go to work, people say some horrific things to me. But you know, I can always come home and I can always find a woman there to lift me up. I can always find a woman there who encourages me and she affirms my leadership. She affirms my leadership. She doesn't degrade me in front of the kids. She respects and she honors me and she demands that the children do the same. Amen? Amen. Why? That's how you ought to do it. And watch this. How many of you are ready to keep going with this? Now watch this. He says, are y'all sitting in that, in that verse 22 of Ephesians chapter 5? Now we're going to keep reading. Why? Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now I want you to understand something. This is not Pastor Gary's words. Amen. Y'all agree with that? Amen. I mean, I know, I know people say that's an interpretation problem. I looked at that like 15, 20 different ways. I tried to figure out how there's an interpretation problem. How many know it's, it's pretty plain? Why? Submit to your own husband as to the Lord. I want you to underline that. As to the Lord. As to the Lord. Now watch this, wife. I want you to hear this because this is important. See, number one, the wife submits to her husband, and we've already established it, but I'll say it again, because God calls her to do it. And that's her God-given role. And it pleases God. How many ladies want to please God? You want to please God. Now understand that Paul says that wives are to submit as unto the Lord. I don't know about you, but that is huge. Because think about it. What Paul is saying that wives, when you submit to your husband's leadership in the home, when you affirm his leadership in the home, here's what you're doing. You are being obedient to the Lord. You are obeying the Lord. The flip side of it. When you, don't, when you do not honor your husband's leadership, when you do not affirm his leadership as the man in the home, as the leader in the home, then in essence, you are disobeying the Lord. So your motivation then must be, I'm doing this because God called me to do it. So he says, submit unto your husband as unto the Lord. Well, pastor, you don't understand. My husband is a hardhead. He ain't acting right. He ain't doing what he's supposed to do. I got something for that too. Hold on. Don't go nowhere. I'll be right back. All right? So she submit as unto the Lord. So watch this. So watch when you're feeling challenged in this way, here's what you do. You say, you know what? You know what? I'm going to do this because, see, because this is what God wants me to do. Which I hasten to say that that's why it's important to have a, a close relationship with the Lord. I mean, no, you can't submit to your husband the way you ought to without the Lord's help. Because <laughs> we don't always make it easy, amen? You need the Lord. 
to help you. I saw somebody look up in the sky and say, amen. You need the Lord for this. But how do we know we want to stay, we got to stay true to the word. We get back to the word of God. God to help us this morning. For watch this. Now keep reading. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife. All right. Now understand, I want you to look at my body, my, myself, and you're looking at me, but, but obviously every aspect of my body is controlled by my what? My head. My head, watch this, it sets the direction. Am I right about it? My head tells me when to get up. My head tells me when to lie down. My head tells me when to eat. And my head almost never tells me not to eat. That's a joke. It fell flat, didn't work. Okay. So, so my head then, it sets direction. The head of something, it, 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 it sets the pathway by which we ought to go. And, and, and watch this. He says the husband, here's what Paul says. He said the husband is the head of the wife. How many know that is not what society teaches today? Come on. Society teaches that nobody is the head. That we're all the same. Yeah, we're all the same in terms of our personhood, who we are, but our roles are different. Amen? It's our roles are different. And so he says the husband is the head of the wife. This wasn't something, watch this ladies, men didn't sit back inside of some conference room all together and men decided that they were going to figure out this plan of how marriage ought to work. This was ordained of God. This was a God thing. And I, and, I, and I got y'all earlier because I, I said, who want to be obedient to the Lord? Who love And all of you said, amen. I mean, you know, that, that, that now is the time to embrace that. So this was God's idea. Paul said it. He echoed it. And he talks about how the wife is to submit to her husband. Now watch this. Keep reading. Therefore, just as the church, watch this in verse 24. You see it with me? Say amen. Oh, say amen louder. <laughs> y'all know I'm right about it, but swallow this medicine. It's good for you. Trust me. Y'all know we deal with the men. The men, how many, by the way, men, if you love your wife like you're supposed to, you ain't going to have no problem with her following you. She'll follow you to the ends of the earth if you listen to last week's message. Amen? Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in some things. Is that what it say? I, I can't hear y'all. Y'all speak louder for me. No, it can't be right. I know, it, it, let me look at this. No. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. No, go, go back, I'm going back to verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, just as the church is subject to Christ, just as the church is subject to Christ, just as the church, the church is subject to Christ. How I many know we are subject to Christ? Amen. We follow him. We wait for him. We serve the Lord Christ. We love Christ. He said, let the wives be to their own husband in everything. In everything. As long as your husband, listen to me, is not leading you into sin. As long as your husband is not calling you to do something that violates the integrity of the word of God. Here's what he said. That we wives, you are supposed to submit to his leadership 
in everything. Well, I don't, I don't agree with my husband. Now listen, listen, let me, let, me, let me stop right there for a moment. Let me address that for a moment because I understand, I mean, know that, um, that most people, we all don't agree on everything. Am I right about it? Do you agree with your boss on everything? Do you agree with your husband on everything? Do you agree with your wife on everything? Is there always full agreement? How many know there's going to be disagreement sometimes? Right? Am I right about it? But God gave us a remedy for that. Authority and submission. That's the only way you're going to address it. I know people try to get around it. That's why we have irreconcilable differences. Are you hearing me? Because what we're basically saying is nobody going to submit. Everybody wants to get his way or her way. So therefore, you have you bump heads because there's no submission. Well, you know what? Um, I, 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 think, uh, we, 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 I think we ought to buy this house. I'm just going to be real practical. Amen. Now, you know, my wife selected my house, by the way, so I say that, on, you know, but, you know. But let's just say that the two of you are at a place where there is just strong disagreement, strong disagreement, and somebody got to make a decision. And the husband finally says, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do this. You got two options. You can say, well, man, I ain't going. <laughs> Some of you may have done that. I ain't going. <laughs> or you can say, honey, you know, I don't know if that's the best, you know, but, you know, if that's what we think we ought to do, then let's go for it. I'm going to support you. I, I want to give you an example, and I have permission to use this. Uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, you all know her, well, their whole family, I love them dearly. And, and she was um, uh, a part of uh, a church that they did not believe at all that women should speak or, or preach in the church. They believed that, and, and she had this calling of God. And, uh, and I remember she was saying often that, that she wanted to leave the church because they didn't have a platform for her to be able to preach. And she felt called of God to preach. But her husband said, we ain't going. We're not going to leave. We're going to stay right here. For a lot of people, that would be a, pr a place where they get locked. And you know, you know what she did? She looked at the word of God, saw the word of God, and said, you know what? I want to stay. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to stay. I'm going to follow your lead. I don't, I don't think it's right, but, you know, I want to follow. And you know what happened? She hung in there, stayed obedient, honored God's word. And let me tell you what happened. That she became the first female pastor of that church. And she stands and preaches. As a matter of fact, she preached our anniversary service last year. And she would tell you today that even though, because she had conversations with my wife. I know what the conversations were about. But she said, you know what? I'm going to stay obedient. I'm going to honor God's word. Wife, women, understand this. Wives, understand this. That every time you submit to your husband's authority, you're honoring the word of God. That's what you're doing. It ain't so much about him as it is about your relationship to your God. Are you hearing me? And how many know that if you honor God's word, it's always going to work out for you better in the end? Everybody ought to say amen to that. Amen. If you honor the word of God, it's going to always work out better for you in the end. Finally, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3. I want to address a couple of things. This is our foundational text. 
1 Peter chapter 3. Look at this. And it echoes the same thing. This is Peter talking. He says, wives, likewise, likewise, wives, likewise, be submissive. We've already explained what that word means. To your own husbands. Watch this now, watch. That if even if some do not obey the word. All right. Remember earlier we talked about that. That with they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Now, and I want, you to stop, I want to stop there for a moment. Listen to what Peter says. He says, even if you're married to somebody who don't obey the word, and I've heard, I've heard people say this, well, you know what, uh, I'm not going uh, to uh, follow my husband Lee because he ain't a Christian. He ain't saved. So because he's not saved, I'm not going to listen to him. I want to tell you, you're being rebellious according to the word of God. He said, even if he don't obey the word, that means one of two things. Either he's saved and he's rebellious, or either he's not saved. And I believe the context here is very clear that this is a person who's not walking with God. At minimum, we can believe that. Amen? He's not obeying. He said, he said, even if they don't obey the word. In other words, even if they're not a Christian so why is listen to me? You can't just up and say, well, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm just going to ignore him because he ain't saved. Let me tell you something. You are wrong. You are wrong. Now, if you have a husband today, he loves the Lord, he's saved. God bless you. And if you're married today and your husband ain't saved, just pray and believe God will save him. But a lot of that is going to deal, is going to be contingent upon how you handle the situation. You, how you handle the situation. Let's keep going. Now watch this. He says, now, even if they don't obey the word, or some don't obey the word, they wait without a word, be won by the conduct of their wives. Wives, how many know that, uh, and the wives agree with this, wives, you have a lot of influence. Will you agree with that? Men would say that. Amen? Use your influence in a godly way. He says, without a word. How many know that generally? When you nag and yell and scream and pull at your husband, how many know that in most cases you're going you're gonna to force him away anyway? But let me tell you something. It's something about a godly woman, watch this, who have a disposition where she's clothed with the Holy Spirit. And she live a life, watch this, that he, can, he sees and says, that's a, that's a godly woman. Let me tell you something. You become an evangelist. Even if your husband ain't acting right, wise by you walking with God the way that you should, here's what he's saying. There's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come and bring salvation. How many of you want salvation for your whole household? Amen. Some of you got saved, and some of you was married, and one of you came to Christ first. How many of you have ever been in that situation? One of you came to Christ first. Just a couple. Then eventually, the other person came along. How many know it's a process? I was blessed. Me and my wife came in at the same time, and we were blessed. But some don't. And if you're in that situation, the answer is not, well, I'm out of here. I'm done because you ain't filled with the Holy Ghost. No, no, your Holy Ghost filled self need to stay there and pray over him and see him through it. Amen? I only got, I ain't, I ain't getting too many amens today, but we got to keep rolling. 
Oh, because I know I'm preaching the truth. Hallelujah. Now watch. He says, be submissive. Watch it to your own husband that if they don't obey the word, they may without a word, without a word, without a word, preach at all times, and if necessary, use words. Preach at all times, and when necessary, you can use words. They may, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. See, the woman of God, she is one who is chaste. Another word chaste is she's one that is morally pure. She's one that is faithful. She carries herself with dignity and with respect. How many know that a holy woman of God demands respect? Women, you can carry yourself in a way that's, you know, and, you know come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. There, there are women that, who walk with God, and if they get some guy who don't know what they're doing, they come talking crazy, they know, they know right off bat. I ain't messing with that one. That, look, I can see there's something about that. How many know, wives, you can carry yourself that way, holy and godly, and carry yourself in a way that you demand respect because you're chaste. And how many know you can carry yourself that way? How many know wives, you're not for sale? So carry yourself as a woman of God. Amen? Notice he says that she is adorned. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Now here's what I've heard people say. Oh, well, you know, an old Pentecostal background. Here's what they used to say. Oh, oh, oh. you see, the scripture said, women, you're not supposed to, you're a wife, you're not supposed to wear makeup. You're not supposed to put on earrings. You're not supposed to look nice if you want to dress yourself up. How many know that that ain't what the scripture says? He said, don't let it merely be about that. See, a godly woman have emphasis first on the inside. How many know that, you, uh, that, that a lady can be pretty on the outside, but she can be ugly on the inside? And eventually, the ugly on the inside will catch up with the pretty on the outside. <laughs> There have been many people that have been hoodwinked. Oh, she hot. She beautiful. But you didn't look at her character. See, a holy woman has character. She has integrity. There is an inner beauty about her that is attractive. That, that, that even if she is not as pretty on the outside, that that beauty on the inside is going to bring glory. It's going to bring beauty. And it's going to bring attractiveness. Your emphasis, ladies, watch this, must always be that hidden person. You see, there's a difference between what God sees as beautiful and what the world sees as beautiful. Amen? So he says, women, don't just, don't, he said, now, now look nice. If you want to look nice and wear your, I don't know, Louis Vuitton, or, uh, you know, help me out, ladies, I don't know. Your stuff, you, shop, you know, whatever, you want to look good, you want to look pretty, and you want to, you want to put, do what you got to do, look great. I mean, look stunning, but, but make sure that you have emphasis on the inside, that that looks just as good as you do on the outside. Watch this. He says, watch. Do not let your adornment be merely, verse 3, outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel, but let it, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty. Watch this. Watch this. The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Wow, look at that. Now, now, now I, want, I want to say something about that. See, when we talk about the portrait of a godly woman, 
She has a gentle and quiet spirit. Now, now Pastor, what does that mean? That means she don't talk. No, it doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that she doesn't disagree with her husband. No, she's going to disagree with you a lot of times. Ah, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying that we have a, that, 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 that a holy wife have a disposition. She's not contentious. She's not argumentative. She's not looking for a fight. I mean, the wives, we just need to settle down a little bit. The Bible says a gentle and a quiet spirit. Watch this. How many ladies want to please God? Raise your hand again. <coughs> Listen to what he says. He says a gentle and a quiet spirit is precious in the sight of God. I, I, I had a couple of verses. I'll, I'll read these to you. And uh, Proverbs 21.9 says this. Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. That's Proverbs 21.9. Proverbs 27.15 says this. A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. In other words, it never stops. See, something about the spirit of contention that, that, that it doesn't wreak godliness. But godliness is a quiet and gentle spirit. In other words, that, that, it's a spirit that says, that, 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 you know, um, uh, that's approachable. The Bible talks about in Proverbs 31 that she has the law of kindness on her lips. That she is a woman who, he, who, who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And she's not contentious. She's not trying to fight. She just wants, she's a woman. She's strong. She's not weak. She's strong. She's powerful. She, she, she has a very sharp mind. She has all of that. But she has a quiet disposition, meaning that she's not, she's not loud. I don't know, but every time I, I see women just kind of, you ever met them on the streets like, yelling and screaming like, oh, yeah, it's just yeah. something about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, but you have a gentle and a quiet spirit. So why, here's what God is saying. Why, if you really want to affect your husband, if you really want change, stop yelling at him. Don't yell at him. Stop nagging him. Live the life before him and have a quiet disposition of holiness and godliness by which, watch this. Now, I know I didn't want to go here, but I know I'm going to have to go here because some of you ain't going to like this one. For, look at verse number five. For in the same manner in former times, the holy women who trusted in God. So we already established this woman, she is holy. She's a woman of God. She loves God. The reason why she does what she do is because she has a relationship with her Lord and she loves, she loves her God. For in this manner, in former time, the holy women who trusted in God adorned themselves. They adorned themselves. How do they do it? Being submissive to their own husband. Look at verse number six, though. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, watch this, calling him Lord. Now, men, I got a suggestion for you. Uh, I suggest that you don't go home and tell your wife to call you Lord. Uh, my guess is probably not going to work. Okay, I'm just going to spare you. Uh, don't pull out the scripture. Don't tell her the scripture. Say, woman, you ought to call me Lord. That's what the scripture said. Look, I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to work. Save it. No, don't save it. Delete it. And then remove the recycling basket. Get rid of it. It ain't going to work. Some of you computer savvy, you know what I'm talking about. As Sarah obeyed, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are. Amen. Whose daughters you are, women of God. You're the daughter of, of, of Abraham and Sarah. She's your example. 
if you do good and not afraid with any terror. Now here's, what, here's the spirit of the verse. The spirit of the verse is this. This is, this is all it's saying in closing. The spirit of the verse is simple. Sarah affirmed Abraham's leadership in the home. Now you can call your husband whatever you want to call him. You can call him the man. You can call him your Boaz. You can call him your sweetie pie. You can call him the man who is in charge. You can call him, you strong, whatever you want to call him. You don't have to call him Lord, but it's the spirit of it. Sarah basically said, you are the man, you are the leader, and I'm going to get behind you. You know, in that, in that verse in Genesis chapter number three, uh, right after the fall of man and of Adam and Eve, that the Bible, actually before then, I'm sorry, in Genesis chapter two, when God first created the woman and she made him out of the man, and the Bible says that, 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 that it was not good for man to be alone, Genesis 2.18, and that God will, will, will give him a helper. And see, most people look at their word, they think the word helper is like, oh, I'm just a help? No, if you look at the word helper, it means to empower him, to complete him, to empower. Women, you have the capacity to empower your husband. And he needs that. And, and you complete him. I don't know about you men, but my wife completes me. She completes me. So it's not a weak word. It simply means, look, watch this, that she is a woman that is holy. She is godly. And she is a woman of faith. She understands who she is in God. And she flows in that. She listens. She gives insight. A godly husband would nourish, cherish, listen to her, do things together, make decisions together. All of that is beautiful. But at the end of the day, God holds the man responsible to be a leader. Men, he calls you to lead. Wives, he calls you to submit. But not the kind of submission that in some cases you've been exposed to. That submission that is rooted and grounded in the word of God. So we had a, a lot this morning. Sarah was a perfect example. Paul, in a number of places, there's also in Colossians, he calls the women to submit as well, to understand that he's a leader, to affirm his leadership. So maybe today you've heard, these, you've heard this sermon, and maybe you realize that perhaps, probably, or maybe the problem in your marriage is that, is that you haven't been obedient to the Lord. How many know that God holds all of us individually responsible to obey? He holds the husband responsible for how we treat our wives. He holds the wives responsible for how we treat our husbands. And God has given us a blueprint on how it ought to work. How many know that if we adopt his blueprint, it will work out fine? So maybe you listen this morning. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning as we close. And maybe you hear this morning, you realize, you know what? Um, you know, I've been, I've been rebellious. I don't listen to my husband. I don't follow him. I make it really difficult for him. I nag him and I don't respect him as the leader of my home. Maybe that's you this morning and your wife. And this is between you and God. And the Holy Spirit has convicted you. There's some things that I need to do differently if I want, if I want the Spirit of God to control my marriage and to have a marriage that maximize the full potential of what God called it to be. If you heard this message this morning, wife, your wife this morning, you say, Pastor, I, I just, I haven't, I haven't done the things that God's called me to do. 
I've been rebellious in a lot of ways and I want to repent for my own sins. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. I see that in one hand. Is there another? Is there another who will say it? I see another hand. Amen. You just read, you just looked square in the face of Scripture. You just see the Word of God says. Is there another who will acknowledge they haven't followed God's protocol and you're ready to come under right now? For those who raise your hand, I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. I want you to repeat after me. For those who raise your hand, this is the act of faith. This is you talking to your God. Lord God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you for your word. Your word is true. Forgive me for not supporting my husband in the times that I should have. Forgive me for a rebellious attitude at different times. God, give me the grace to support and love my husband. Give me the wisdom to inspire him and not tear him down. Lord God, bless my family. Bless my home. I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning and you never gave your life to Jesus, this is right before we take communion. Never gave your life to Jesus. You heard and the Holy Spirit has convicted you. The very first thing that you need to do before you go any further is you need to surrender your life to Christ. Because you cannot maximize the potential of your marriage and even of your own life until you submit your life to Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you never gave your life to Jesus, I implore you, I beg you, make him your Lord today. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I die today, I'm not really sure where I would go. I don't know if I go to heaven or hell. If, that's, if you're thinking that this morning, then I, wanna, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Now is the time. You can know today. You can walk out of here knowing today that should God call you home, you will be in his presence forever. Is there one who wants to get saved and who's not saved today? Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you, Lord, for those that were honest, Lord, and convicted, and they want to be better, and their marriages will be better, because, Lord, we're going back to your word, and your word is true, God. The world changed, society changed, people changed, but, God, you're always the same, and we love you for that. And, Lord, as we prepare for communion this morning, God, look upon our hearts. I want every heart right now to take a moment before we take communion. This is a great time to do it. Search your hearts. Communion is sacred, it's holy, it's for God's people. And every time we take communion, we rededicate ourselves, we recommit ourselves to our purpose and our destiny and our promise to be with him and to walk with him and to love him. And before we take communion, we don't want to make the mistake that some of the Corinthians did. They took communion. And they took it for granted, and some of them, they died a premature death because they took it for granted. 
this is a serious, a sacred moment. If there's anything in your heart right now that you need to confess, any sin, if you're a husband or wife and you have done wrong by your spouse and the Holy Spirit has convicted you before you take communion, before, not after, before you take communion, confess your sins to her or him right now. Get it right. That our hearts might be pure. That our hearts might be pure. That our hearts might be pure. Let's take a moment. direction of the ushers here have you go to the table you're to get your communion cup and go back to your chairs and and wait and we'll take communion together uh, let's all stand please and follow the direction of the ushers For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you that every lash, that every beating, that every pain was done for us. God, we thank you that because of your stripes, we are healed today. And, not, not, and Lord, not only that, but our marriages are healed and made fresh today because of your power and your presence. Shall we eat together? In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread 
and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This cup is symbolic of his blood that was spilled for us. This, within this cup, it represents our eternal salvation. It represents our eternal joy and our everlasting peace. His blood was spilled for you this morning. As you take it, take it with great gratitude, take it with great love in your hearts, and take it with great appreciation as you wait for the return of our King. Shall we drink together? Thank you, Lord. Just do me a favor and just hand those over to the ushers. They're going to be collecting those. They'll be to uh, my right, your left, your left and my right. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand if you can for that word. I pray this morning that you would lay hold to these principles that we shared this morning. And uh, ladies, uh, if you have any questions, and we, next week we'll be talking a little bit about uh, our children. We'll kind of go into that a little bit. But um, if you have any questions, any concerns or issues that you want to share with me, um, you can go to the connection table. You can either shoot me an email, or you can talk to me outside at the connections uh, at the uh, fellowship table. For our guests, just so you know, we do have a table of refreshments that we prepared for you, and uh, we always let our guests go first. And uh, we want to uh, want to bless you, so stop by at our refreshment table and make sure you grab something to eat on us. Also, for our guests, there's a, a connections table right out front, right outside this door. Uh, make sure to hand over your visitor's card or your guest cards, I should say, and we are going to bless you with a gift. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace, to him, Jesus, be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. We'll see you next week. Broke my shame and sin for